Good morning, everybody. Well, I guess like uh, today I was asked to stand in Greg's place, so it was a very pretty last-minute thing. So the message is kind of interesting. I thought it was kind of interesting. We kind of review the GCF core values. I don't know how many of you can have looked at it before. I never really did a whole lot myself, so it was interesting to see it. But before we begin, let's pray. Lord Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord Father, give us the words and Lord Father, help us to understand you every single day more and more. Lord, help us to see your work, see the things that's going on in your kingdom, and see the continuing progress that you're making, O Lord. O Lord, Father, I also pray, Father, that you'll help us to see ourselves as your servants in your kingdom, doing your work. And Lord, Father, give us grace for every day to do more of your work. I pray all this in your name and say, Amen. Amen. Yep, so like I was saying, like it would be interesting to kind of review this GCF core values to see what we really truly stand for and what GCF is all really about. Amen. So like, you should have a handout. Uh, there should be uh, core values of Grace Christian Fellowship. There should be nine points. Seems like quite a lot, but uh, I'll do a quick summary of it. So we should be able to go through it fast. All right, so let's go to the first point. We have the next slide. So here, it's like every person needs the good news of reconciliation to and discipleship through Jesus Christ. So like a couple of big things here, it's we are talking about disciples, not decisions. So we're trying to make more disciples. And also, of course, like a life and purpose found in obedience of Christ. And so I guess like a main theme of this, like a first point, it's really about evangelism. It's going out and sharing the gospel, but it's not sharing the gospel because we are forced to, but it's because we want to, Amen. because we are compelled by a need to share the good news. So I thought it's always interesting because the gospel, most of the people, uh, the other word for it is always that it's called good news. And when you have a good news, you would like to share it with somebody else. I think that's the beauty of the gospel when you kind of talk about good news. And the first point, also like a, it's an increase of desire for evangelism. So that's the first core value. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward. It's because everybody needs Jesus Christ. So we go out and preach the good news. Okay, let's have the second point. And we honor God by living by the truth rooted in scriptures and revealed in Lord Jesus Christ. So in this uh, point, some of the main things is the authority of scriptures as the basis of our lives. So as we live our lives, being a GCF member, being one of our core values is that we look to scriptures for everything and every need. And with that, we also need to know like, uh, that the Word of God, it's inerrant and infallible. But then we also need uh, to have an intimate knowledge and application of the Word through the work of the Holy Spirit. So that's the study component that's in there. So that's one of the reasons why in GCF we always emphasize, oh, we need to read this book, read that book. We need to study this, study that. It's to get this intimate knowledge of the Word of God. And the other thing is the emphasis on God's eternal redemptive kingdom purposes. And that's one of, probably one of the most important things for GCF. 
It's like we are always continually looking to what God is about to do, what His kingdom is about, and our role in this, all of this. And to do that, we kind of need a better knowledge of the Word of God. So let us have the next point, the third one. So vital to our faith, it's a common confession. And essential to our witness, it's the unity of God's people. So for this one, one of the key points is uh, confession, the creeds. So why we emphasize on confession on, or the creeds? It's because like, in the creeds, uh, it kind of outlines the basic tenets of our faith. So when we kind of recite this creed, we kind of know like uh, everything that's outside of this creed, it is like a, not orthodox. And it's some, this creed is something that we can't have, kind of have to hold fast to. Anything that shifts outside it, it's not correct at all. It's going to be not Christian anymore. So in this, like, uh, we will say that in essentials, unity. So we kind of seek unity, all the essential stuff. But in non-essential, we, we kind of uh, welcome diversity. So when we kind of talk about non-essentials, it might be like a leadership style, like a, maybe like say the church governance style. So in everything else, charity. So in, when we talk about in everything else, charity, we're really talking about like a, we're talking about non-essentials and things that we might not believe in. We show mercy. And so we also would like to have a unity with the past and present church. So in this point, it's like we're talking about from the very past, the church, what they believe in, till now what the, the church believe in. We like to have unity with all the core tenets throughout ages. But of all of it, loyalty to Christ, it's the utmost primacy. That's always the main and the most very first point. So, and Nick's. The obedience of faith practice is as important as correct doctrine. So in this, like, it's as evidenced by our actions, belief, and our thoughts when we talk about the obedience of faith. So in some ways, it's like a living the lifestyle of a, like a Christian lifestyle. Like being, obeying Christ should be evidenced by people that's around us. And it should change our thoughts and change our beliefs in the things we do, things also, in how our decision is also made. And it should be characterized by loyalty to Christ, love, purity, and faithfulness. And let's go on to the next point. So we are going pretty fast in my end pretty early today. Well, you also got the, I said before, you guys should have the core values. You can read through it. It's a lot more detailed. I'm just kind of doing a quick summary of it. So now we are on point five. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life of worship, discipleship, fruitfulness, and obedience. So the ultimate goal here is to glorify and exalt God. And if you are familiar with this, like the, when we come to catechism, it's usually the first one. 
So with this, it's got, it also means I got being constantly filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it should have an evidence of the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit individually in your own life and also congregationally and as we have prayer meetings or in the service. We're talking about these gifts of the Holy Spirit, like a prophecy, like a, um, speaking in tongues, like a word of knowledge or healings, deliverances. So this should be something that characterizes GCF. And next point, we are on number six. A life characterized by worship and prayer. So there's a big emphasis on worship and prayer individually and corporately. So corporately will be like what we're having now on Sundays. But individual aspects, pretty important also because we cannot not have the day-to-day experiences with God also. I guess like if it's just Sunday alone, you can, I guess you can, you can say like the Christian life, it's really a relationship with God. If you meet somebody once a week for only like one hour, you, you, you can get somewhere, but probably not a whole, very far. Mm-hmm. But if you meet somebody every single day, you probably will know the person a lot more, a lot more intimate. Then we should be a community that seeks God through prayer and fasting. This should continue to be in our lives every single day. And a community that loves to worship God. And I think like, uh, worshiping God is something pretty interesting in the sense that we come to service on Sunday, like everybody loves singing songs. But sometimes like, uh, to truly worship God is a slightly different thing when you kind of truly mean your words, when you kind of truly exalt God. And sometimes it's tough too, or sometimes like coming to worship in adverse scenarios, in tough circumstances. It's not always the easiest to worship God. But when you do in the, those kind of scenarios, I find it's like a, the time where you have some of the best worship. And let's have the next point. Number seven. So community is an essential biblical value. Ministry is every member's calling and reproduction and fruit-bearing. So in this, like we're talking about committed, gracious, and sincere relationship within the community. And using diverse resources and gifts to serve God as a team. So one of the key things here is like everybody is required. It's not only just the leaders or the pastor or the head pastor's role to bring people in, to help people to grow, but every single body should be a part of this to help each one of us grow, to help new people be welcome, to show them what community truly means. And I think like, uh, it's said nicely here, like the distribution of service exhibits the maturity and health of the community. If more of the members are able to serve in a greater capacity, that's kind of the mark of how healthy our church is and how mature the church is also. And the other thing that I want to do is build a reproducible community model that we can export throughout the world. Hopefully as we expand and build more churches and open more churches, that this will be easily integrated. 
And number eight, the next one. And leaders are a vital resource. Leadership development and restoration is a high priority. So we are looking for leaders that models the Christian life, one that equips and one that cares for people. And we are also continually talking about investing in existing and future leaders. And leadership is important because like, uh, if there's no next generation of leaders, the church will simply just pass away, like simply just break down. So we continue to need newer people. We continue to need newer, more diverse gifts within the church. And we continue to need people to serve one another. And another big point here is a restoration of the family and the church through a father-like leadership as we witness through the Bible how God is. That we kind of use God as a model to disciple people also. And the last one. Oh, we are going very fast. <laughs> Personal mentoring care. And discipleship is for all leaders and members. So here it's like a looking at the system of monitoring for every church member. So we should know the needs of every single member and we should kind of know where they are standing to. And we're also looking at a leadership that equips, empowers, and releases people into ministry. And pastoral care in various forms, it can be in various forms and intensity. We can have individual level with very high intensity, like a meeting one-on-one. We can have a group setting, like a small group. They can kind of have a small message. Or can kind of have a bigger setting, like a Bible study or Sunday services. And discipleship should be relational and respectful at the same time too. So the discipleship that we are looking at should have a personal relationship with the other person. And while we are building this discipleship, we also should be at the same time building a community too. So people should be friendly to each other, you know each other as friends. And of course, they should be respectful when it comes to authority structure, that you do listen to your leaders too. And also promoting character, family, wisdom, and a fruitful life of service in Christ's kingdom. And that's kind of the aim of this, this point here. All right, so we've gone through all the nine core values very quickly in almost just 20 minutes. <laughs> but let's go on to the next thing. Um, so like a, it's a quick summary in some ways. Like a, in, there's a couple of key areas that when you look at these nine core values. And the first one is desire for evangelism. I think like a, this slide, I'll probably talk about it a little bit more in the sense that it's probably something that we ought to do in GCF today also. So it's also kind of like a, this will serve as kind of a self-review, like a, something for us to think about, like are we accomplishing all these things today? So here, the first one talking about desire for evangelism. Do we have a desire for evangelism? Or have we grown, grown kind of used to our lives and grown kind of used to this, like our comfort zone so it's the good news, it's the gospel, it's something that you're still excited to talk to other people about. 
or you, you're just afraid or just say, going to say, oh, somebody else will do the job for me. Somebody else will preach the gospel. Or someday else, another day. And the second, it's hunger for God, the Word of God. Like, do we still have the hunger for the Word of God? Like, do you still read books? Do you still try to understand God like you used to be? Do you still pursue the knowledge of the Word of God? Do you still listen to podcasts that's outside? Do you still kind of um, try to read the Word of God every single day and more and more every single day and have a love for reading the Word of God, not just for the sake of reading? And like when people talk about theology, are you excited? <laughs> so the other one is becoming more Christ-like. Uh, are you like growing in your character to be more and more holy? It's your decision-making like still centered around God or most of it is starting to become more and more worldly. Whatever people say, it's like, oh, that's my decision. Or is it that like a, when we think about a certain thought, you think about verses, like what will God do? What will Christ do? What is the more Christ-like way? What is being gracious to others? What is being merciful? What is more loving? So are we going towards that direction? Or are we kind of, our pace is slowing down? That's something to think about. And the next part, it's being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And with this point, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit requires a daily relationship with the Holy Spirit. Like going into His presence, worshiping God, praying every single day. So that's one of the things like, uh, uh, that requires some effort every single day. And again, it's like one of those that it might seem tough in the starting to start up, but once you get it going, it'll be pretty sweet. Because like I say, like a relationship with God, it's like a relationship. It's a, it's a relationship. Like starting to know somebody new, it's always difficult. Like you might not have much to talk about. It's like, oh, you talk about certain stuff. Especially sometimes when you pray in the starting. I'm sure most of you guys have this experience where you pray like, oh, like, uh, God, I've reached all I've prayed. Nothing else to pray. <laughs> See you, bye. <laughs> But you see, like, uh, the more you pray over time, there's, there, somehow the more stuff starts to come up. Like, you go deeper, and your words, the, the words that you use, it's more intimate also. So it's a bit different. And I think this is one of the big keys, key item for us uh, this year, too. It's pursuing the Holy Spirit. Because it's really, like, uh, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that kind of excites us, that kind of uh, compels us to do the work of God. Like without this daily relationship, without this like a uh, continual relationship with God and experiencing, encountering what He can do, like I, I would say like the, our Christian life would be, the power of the Christian life, impactivity, it's cut half, probably more than half. You have reduced to very small portions. And the other one, it's community, unity, and relationship. And in this, like, uh, when I talk about community, it's, it's like, are we still going out to meet people around? 
Are you still going out to meet our fellow members, serving them? And of course, this is always a challenging one, like a, especially for myself too. <laughs> it means like a taking out time that you might have uh, at home, your relaxation time, time watching TV or entertainment time, and still going out and knowing the fellow members more. Uh, and treating them more like a family member. Because we always say the church is a family. Amen. But always the challenge here is like uh, when we look at church members, we might say they are family members, but we, treat, we might treat them differently as our family would. So there's always this small little disparity here. And especially when you talk about friends too, like uh, sometimes we have friends that's outside, that's closer than people that's within the church. Mm-hmm. And there's not, nothing wrong in that. But if all your friends, the closest friends that you have are all like outside the church, then that's a little bit problem here. <laughs> because that means like a, the community, it's not to that level. That means like a, you're not putting, well, not really. Well, I guess it's just a, the community relationship between each other is not as deep. So it's something that we kind of have to constantly look out for and kind of work towards. And also, are you being too inward also? This is another challenging thing. Because a lot of times, once you get to know somebody else, like you get to be good friends with somebody else, you tend to just want to do that because that's an easier way. Mm-hmm. But I think what's interesting, like, uh, is from my experience coming to the uh, United States, uh, away from your family, uh, going to college, kind of by myself, and when you start knowing new people, like everybody kind of started out in the same kind of uh, ground zero when it comes to international students, because all of us left families. So we kind of have to start the whole process again of knowing people again, building relationship. But I think what, what, one cool thing about this, uh, what this has taught me, is uh, that it taught me how to, it taught me when people are open, when people see a need, when people are willing to build relationship, it's actually easy to go deep into it. But the tough thing here, it's like a, once you build a deep relationship, when somebody else wants to enter, then it gets a little challenging. And because you have to open up again, and you have to like accept this person again, you have to actually put some effort into building relationship. Like building relationship is not an effortless, effortless thing. It's, it takes some effort to do it. And uh, unity within the church. And that's, that's also another big thing, I think, that's like uh, unity within the church and across outside churches too, unity with Christians all around. It's always a challenging one because everybody has have different beliefs. So in some ways, like this is where the creeds come in. Like we believe in the basic tenets and we see each other as members serving Christ as a team member also. And of course, building relationship, are we continually looking to build more relationship within the church, putting in effort to do so? And of course, with those like uh, single households, are you putting in effort to reach your other house members to build a deeper relationship? And within the household, that's many things that goes on like there's times where you kind of have to cook. Uh, an easy way is food. And I guess food works its way through every single culture. And every single person, it's like a, 
somewhat magical item to me. <laughs> but within like a single household, like a, this is something uh, that somebody will have to put in the effort to do so. And people that are uh, participating, they also have to put in the effort to not just like a, go, oh, it's just a food time, eat and disappear. They'll have to kind of participate in this like a gathering to share, to take on different household responsibility too. And of course, for a lot of single guys, like a, not a lot of guys like to cook. So the cooking part is always the difficult one. Yeah. And that, that takes effort too. You actually have to plan out the grocery list. And for many single guys, it might be the first time they'll go to a grocery store like, oh, like I only need chicken and chicken only. <laughs> and when you go to a grocery store, you only plan for like one meal. Uh, what's for the meal tomorrow? Uh, let's think about it now. <laughs> then let's go out and buy it. Then by the time it's like, ah, oh, never mind, let's go Chipotle. <laughs> and so you see, like, it takes planning, it takes effort to. I think like uh, now having a baby, I think it's kind of cool because it's interesting how God designed us. In the starting when you're a kid, everything is provided for you. You don't have much responsibility. All you have to do is just eat and be taken care of. <laughs> Pretty easy, easy life. Uh, but then when you kind of uh, grow older, when you kind of get married, now you have somebody else that you have to take care of. And you kind of share responsibilities. So your responsibility increases slightly more. But I think when you have a child, I think that's where it starts getting interesting. Because now, like, uh, you start to have to sacrifice. Because before that, when you're just working, like, uh, you're working for 8 to 5, but after 5, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I have not to do anything anymore. I can go home and rest. But when you start having a kid, then it's a different story. It's like, there, there's no such thing as, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like feeding him. It's like, I'm done. Then, he's, then you go, oh, I'm done feeding. Then after, like, after five minutes, he starts crying. So, oh, man, I have to like, go clean the diaper, change the diaper, or do feeding again. And when you thought, you're done. It's time to sleep. It's time to get my rest. After you hear crying, and oh, time to wake up again. So this responsibility changed, and it kind of expands. Because now, like, rather than taking, you're starting to give more and more. I think that's the cool part about having kids. And that's a cool part about how God designed us. Also, in the starting, we take more, but towards the ending, we kind of give more. Amen. And uh, the other key area we're talking about here is developing leaders. Are we trying to improve ourselves, improve our characters, and improve, trying to serve more in the church? And are we also like uh, trying to invest more in our leaders, invest more? in the people that we are facing day to day, Sunday to Sunday, week to week, year to year? Are we trying to develop them into better leaders, develop their skills, develop their gifts, helping them to grow? So I would say like this, this six things, it's like a, something we probably should think about more. We probably should work on continually. It might not be everything at the same time, but at least we have to kind of uh, take it chunk by chunk. And I think this, this is kind of the 
what the core value of GCF kind of embraces in totality. And so for us this year, it's primarily these six things I would say that we kind of need to go more towards. Because if you ask anybody, we probably would say, yeah, we probably can improve in all six, any, any of these six things. And so like a, we should kind of, kind of think of a plan, develop a plan like how we can improve in any of the six areas. And so I'll say, like, uh, let's get back to serving God. Mm-hmm. So in the concluding remarks, let's go to our last slide. Let's take a look at Revelations 2, verse 2 to 5. Let me do a little Bible flipping. And most of you are probably familiar with this. In chapter 2, verse 2, it says, I know your works, your toil, and your patience, endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you have at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I'll come to, to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. So I would say, like, uh, at least for me, like, uh, this, this verse is kind of like a humbling. Because I would say, like, uh, if you say, have I left the first love? <laughs> Probably. And... But you kind of, sometimes you kind of, when you kind of think about your, the first love they have with Christ, it's like a, it's a pretty sweet thing too. Like you can remember those times where you kind of pursue Christ with all that you have, and you're kind of excited. So I would say like a, this year for all of us, let's get back to this route again. Let us start to pick up the pace again. Let us run the race once more. So I, I like this song, uh, the lyrics for Old Church Arise by the Gettys. So I think it's pretty encouraging. It says, Old Church Arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. That's always important. For now the weak can say that they are strong in the strength that God has given. With shield of faith and belt of truth, we'll stand against the devil's lies. An army bold whose battle cries love, reaching out to those in darkness. I'll call to war to the love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor. And with a sword that makes the wounded whole, we'll fight with faith and valor. When faced with trials on every side, we know the outcome is secure. And Christ will have the prize for which he died, an inheritance of nations. So I'll say this song kind of sums up like what we kind of have to do. And we are an army that's going out to conquer land. But with your army, it's kind of demoralized. Your army is kind of uh, scattered. There's not a whole lot you can do. But I think like, that, that's the beauty of uh, Christ because he has already conquered. And as we look to him for directions, as we look to Christ for what we need, like he will surely supply us. And you'll supply us with the strength to go forth, to continue on, to continue the war, to take more lands. And I think the nice thing is, since he's conquered, like uh, Christ really just usher you to conquer. As, as you do the things that uh, God called us to do, 
the other nice thing is like you start to see the power of God working through you. You start to see and understand God even more. Maybe in the past, like a God might have been like a God that's, you see, you hear people talk about, oh, God healing people. But when God used you to heal people, it's a different story because your faith is like a strengthened a lot because you see His power through your life, through your personal experience. And when God starts speaking to you and the things that He spoke to you kind of comes to pass, it's also another like a faith builder because you start to see the nature of God and how impossible is to do certain things without Him. Well, so that's all I have for today. We're pretty short. Um, hopefully, like uh, we all can be encouraged today and continue on the race that we've been running. So let us close in prayer. Allah, Father, we thank you for this day. Allah, Father, we thank you f- that you are a God from our youth, oh Lord. That you're continually brought us to you, and that, Lord, Father, you say it in your word that nothing else separates us from you, O oh Lord. And, Lord, Father, no matter what station of life that we are in, that, Lord, Father, you continually shower mercy and grace. And, Lord, that you continue to propel us forward to your kingdom purposes. O oh Lord, Father, we pray and we seek more of you today, O oh Lord, and that you continue to illuminate your word to us. You continue to compel us and propel us forward, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, I continue to send forth the honey that comes from heaven, the fellowship that's through you, O oh Lord, the communion with you that's so sweet and so tasteful, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, I let it leave a lingering taste within our mouth, O oh Lord, that we'll continue pursuing, that we'll continue one more of it, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, I give us a hunger that cannot be satisfied by the worldly things, but only by your presence, O oh Lord. And Lord, Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray all this, and we say, Amen. Amen. Amen.